I'm with you guys. Uh, this idea of mother goggles, I, read, I watched this, and it went so well with my sermon. I was like, i got to do this. This is amazing. We've been in a series called the Jesus Series, and in this series, we've talked about how um, X, Y, and Z, like things like Jesus being human or Jesus being a healer, Jesus being a teacher, these attributes or these characteristics, they were displayed in who Jesus was when he was on earth. And this morning, as um, this week, as I was going through what what should I be um, preaching about and, and how do I tie moms into this whole thing and honor them, what really came to my heart was that as much as X, Y, and Z represented and showed who Jesus was in our lives, um, mothers actually represent and show the image of God to us. And so this morning, I, I want to sort of talk about how moms, they have these characteristics and these traits that come straight from the Lord. And God invented mothers, and it's such a blessing. He thought them up. Uh, He gave them to us as a gift. I heard a story of a second grade teacher, and the teacher was um, talking about magnets in in their class. And the whole entire day was all about magnets and what they do and how they work. And, and so he spent the entire day just focused on magnets and trying to teach his kids, um, this is what a magnet is. This is what a magnet does. And so the next day, the teacher was going to give a quiz to see what the kids had learned. And the, the questions in the quiz, there were three. It was, my full name has six letters. My first, the first letter is M, and I pick up everything. What am I? And unfortunately, everybody in the class got the question wrong because they all put mother instead of magnet. And uh, so moms, they, they clean up everything for us. They do all of these things for us. And there's a lot of things that moms shouldn't have to clean up. Amen? Amen. Men, I'm going to say that again so you can earn some points if you say amen. Moms do a lot of things and pick up a lot of things that they shouldn't have to pick up. Amen? Amen. Amen. They, they do. It's amazing how on the side of a bed, um, my bed at least, there's all these clothes there and they just sort of appear and formulate. And I don't understand how they get there. And my wife shouldn't have to pick them up, but a lot of times she ends up picking them up and, or I'll just try and kick them into the laundry mat and they don't make it. And they're just sitting there and it's my responsibility to pick them up. And, and I end up not doing it for some reason. I don't know. I, I think I pray too much, but, um, If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, go with me to Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 26 and 27. This is going to be our main text for the morning, but we're going to be all over the place as far as um, what God's Word says to us about um, moms and, um, and who they are and how they reflect who He is. This is what it says. Then God said, let us make man. Now that word man there, I want you to really understand what that means. Because it doesn't mean man, it means mankind. Uh, This isn't just talking about men or male. This is talking about male and female. And you'll see that as we read the rest of the verses. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them... Not just man, but them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is the first time, the very beginning of Scripture, the very first thing inspired by the Holy Spirit that we find out in this love letter to us from God is that man and woman are the image of God. 
It's not just men or male that, it, that formulates the image of God, and it's not just female that formulates the image of God, but it's man and woman that formulate the image of God. And I know personally that if both man and woman both re- reflect and display the image of God, then there must be some things about God that women display that men absolutely do not display, and vice versa as well. But we have to understand that that God created women in his image. So there's things and traits that a woman will display that men don't display that will show and reflect who God is. That's how God made us. He made women and men, obviously, drastically different. And I'm not trying to get some new doctrine out there. We believe that God is referred to time and time again as a father. Jesus is referred to as a son. But what we have to understand is that God is not a male. And some of you, yeah, would, would say amen to that. I, I would say amen to that. And there are qualities in, um, of God that are displayed in both male and female. I could prove that to you just through common sense, but I want to show you through Scripture how that there are motherly qualities in God and that God gave us women, gave us mothers to display who He is. And if we can only understand that God made male and female, that we both came out of God. Um, And common sense would tell you if God was only a male, that he wouldn't be able to create a female because men obviously don't understand women. So he couldn't create a woman if if he if he was just a man. Uh, The definition of female is is fee and then male is not male or the bottom line is it's the opposite of male one guy said a little bit different way he said a female there is a fee with this male i can only think through my mind on how much um my wife is worth and how much i have um how much money has has gone into developing that relationship with her and how much more i need to spend to develop that relationship with her Uh, yeah, um, but really you look throughout female and male and plumbing and electrical stuff, like the male and the female, they they have different ends. You have a male end and a female end and they, they come together and God designed male and female. Uh, but we have to especially remember in our day and age, more than any other time in history, that it is male and female that create the image of God. And if it was just male or if it's just female, then we don't get the full image of who God is, but it is together that we see the image of God through the completeness of male and female. And so this morning I want to talk about some of those qualities that we see, especially in in mothers and how they portray to us the image of God. But before we get into that, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you for all the moms here, Lord, that you would bless them. Father, I pray for all the future moms that you would bless them. Lord, I pray for um, all the moms that aren't here, that you would uh, be with them, Lord. I pray that this would be a special honoring day for all of them, Lord, that you would give them a peace in their hearts, Lord, that they would uh, feel uh, your blessings in their lives as um, they go through this day, Lord, and that they would know that through all things, Lord, in the hard times and in the good times, the qualities that you have and you have given them portray who you are. Lord, and your love and your goodness and your kindness, Jesus. So we just pray that you administer to us through your word this morning. In your name, everyone said. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever heard of a mother's intuition? Or mom has eyes in the back of her head. 
I've heard that one a million times. Or just flat out, moms just know. Like, how do you know that? They just know. I, quite often, I have been convinced in my life that moms are the closest thing to omniscience that we have, which is all-knowingness, which we see in God. And I think we look at females, especially moms, and they have this quality where it just seems like they know everything. Like, they can read minds. Like, they know what you're thinking. They know what I'm thinking. They know what their husbands are thinking. They especially know what their children are thinking. Above all else, they know what other women are thinking. I don't know how they know these things, but somehow they they know it. And, and it's it's amazing. My wife, I could be in at a party with her across the room, and I start thinking about something that I think would be really funny and entertaining. And she's on the other side of the room, and this is all she has to do. Just that. I mean, I'm like, and I'm over here like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, like this like scared little puppy like, oh, you figured out what I was going to do. And then she's over here again and she goes from that to like that. I mean, it's so subtle. And I'm just sitting over there. I'm like, how does she know? How does she understand how this works? But it's just this gift that, that comes from God. And men can't do that. I, I don't know what other men are thinking, nor do I care what other men are thinking. But And I especially don't know what my wife's thinking or else I, I would be in a better place a lot of times, but, but women know, and moms know, they, and they do care. And not only do they care about what you're thinking, they want to hear what you're thinking, right? Number one question that a, a wife or a mom will ask is, so what you thinking? What do men say? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's the number one answer. And it's true. We have the ability to think nothing. It's, it's a superpower. We can actually, and it usually happens when our kids are screaming or getting hurt, that our minds just go completely blank. And we are not lying when we say that we are thinking about nothing. And then the set number two question is, what were you thinking? And this usually comes up when I, when I dress my children. Uh, what were you thinking? And I'm like, I wasn't. Once again, it's my superpower. Just like you can know exactly what I'm thinking, I have no clue what I was thinking. Why don't you just tell me what I'm thinking and save us all some grief? But moms are made in the presence and the image of God. I'm looking at my wife just to make sure that she's not. See, there's the little nod. I, you guys all I, I speak the truth. Okay, so this is um, women, moms were made in the image of God. Matthew 9, 4 says, but Jesus knowing their thoughts. Matthew 12, 25 says, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Luke 5, 22 says, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts. Luke 6, 8 says, but he knew their thoughts. And Luke eleven seventeen says, but he knowing their thoughts. Now, Jesus was fully human and he was fully God, but it wasn't man who reflects this quality of God that we see in the person of Jesus Christ. It was woman. And you might ask, okay, well, that's great. I mean, maybe that's funny that you're talking about that, but how does that change my life? How does, how does that affect me? How does that encourage or edify me in my life? And, um, that God knows my thoughts. I'm great. Thanks for telling me that. Who cares? Well, here's how it can change your life and how it can edify you and encourage you in the same way that a good mother knows your thoughts and still loves you anyways. That's how God loves you. 
That he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you've done. And he knows what you're trying to hide because you can't get away from it any more than you can get away from your mom and she knows exactly what's going on. God is the same way and he loves you anyways. He loves you through your mistakes, through your failures, through the things that you see as so shameful. God knows those things just like a mother sees those things and he loves you through them. He is all loving. And if you're a mom here this morning, you need to know that that character, that trait that you feel where you will love your child through the thick and thin is a reflection of God to the world that you live in. Isaiah 49, 15, this is God relating to mankind. It says, can a mother forget his nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? God knows you in your weakest state. A nursing child is the most vulnerable a child will ever be. He can't eat on his own. He can't crawl. He can't protect himself. At your most vulnerable point, God takes you and he knows what you need. And he wants to protect you and love you and care for you and nurture you. So God God is reflected in moms when We understand that moms know. Moms also care. I heard an article, and this happens every year in the valley where a mom is driving her car. And so this mom was going with her sister and with their uh, 11-month-old child to a store. And they're driving in the sister's car, not in the mom's car. The child's in the backseat, the 11-month-old. And they're driving to the store. They get out, and uh, they're in a rush trying to get to the store because it's really hot out. It's summertime in Phoenix, which is coming. Thank you, Jesus, somehow. Um, and, and so in this situation, they both get out of the car. Uh, the sister leaves the keys in the car, and the car locks itself. The baby's still in the car. The car's off. The mom starts freaking out screaming, yelling, trying to get anybody. They call 911. They call the fire department. They call the police. They call anyone that they can try and get a blacksmith or not a blacksmith, a, a keysmith. And, and so they're, they're just so nervous. And the mom is just beside herself and the fire department gets there first. And when the fire department gets there, the, the guy gets out and he's looking and he sees that it's getting warm and the baby's in there. And so he takes something and he breaks the window, gets the baby out. The mom is so relieved, but the sister is really annoyed and wants the firefighter to pay for his win- the window. Now, this shows the difference between who the mom is and who, the, who is not the mom. Because the mom just cares. Doesn't care about anything but the fact that their baby is completely safe. The sister's thinking, it reminds me of the story um, of King Solomon. And, and there's two women with a baby and they're both arguing that this baby is mine. No, this baby is mine. And so the king says, okay, well, why don't we just have both of you share the baby? We'll cut the, the baby in half and then you guys can both have a piece. One of the women is like, okay, good with me. I mean, let's just do it. And the other woman is like, no, no, she can have the child. It's okay. And Solomon says, that's a mom. Moms care. Moms care. They get their compassion. They get their love. 
They get their care from Jesus himself. If I'm out watching a movie, or I know when I was a kid and I'm watching a movie, but if I'm out watching a movie or I'm at a, a meeting that's late, my wife, Michelle, she can't go to bed until I get home. Uh, when I was a kid, it was the same way where, where moms, they just care. They, they want to know that you're safe. They want to, to do these things because they get this from God, this idea, this ability to care so much. In Luke seven twelve through 15, is a story of Jesus. It says, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. That's a big deal back then. No future, no, no source of income, no, no Medicaid or, or anything like that. She had no hope for a future. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he was... He who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Now, why did Jesus do this? He did it because he was overwhelmed with compassion. Jesus didn't have a checklist and say, okay, well, today i got to find someone to raise from the dead. He saw the situation, and it stopped him in his tracks. And overwhelmed with compassion, he did a miracle. Matthew nine thirty six says, But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus is the good shepherd, how he is the shepherd over all of us. And I think one of the most um, powerful uh, verses in the Bible in talking about who Jesus was and his care that is displayed in mothers is in Matthew twenty three thirty seven, And this is Jesus speaking. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophet and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you are not willing. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, I want to care for you like a mother cares for her children, for her offspring. Jesus doesn't say, I want to care for you like a rooster. He says, I want to care for you like a mother hen who gathers her children to her. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus showing us a window into what moms are like. The compassion, the love, the care that we get from moms. And this is such a wonderful gift that we get. That we get that God created mothers for us, that they came from God. I mean, I'll tell you what, when my kids are sick, they don't go running to dad. (laughs) Because dad's just going to throw some cough syrup at them and say, just get over it. You'll be fine. Hopefully there's something that will knock you out in there so I don't have to deal with you. Moms will love and nurture their children. I have nurtured my children, but it only comes because my wife has taught me how to do it. Because it is, it is moms who have that compassion and that love for their kids. When, when my kids skin their knee, they're not coming to me because I'll tell them to suck it up. My wife, on the other hand, will go to them and give them all the care and compassion that they could ever need and more. They come to me and I'm going to say, get over it. Put a bandaid on it. Don't put a bandaid on it. Just throw some soap on it. I fought a bear when I was your age in the snow. I had to walk to school. It's always in the snow. 
uphill both ways. I mean, but moms have a different way of looking at things. I mean, just as we saw with the mom goggles in Isaiah sixty six thirteen, it says, "As one who, who, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem." God wants to comfort us, and he shows and displays the image of God through moms when they comfort their children and they comfort other people. If we could just grasp these two things, it could change our lives. Because the idea that mothers know and that mothers care and the fact that that comes from God, what we know is that God knows and that God cares. And the number one lie that Satan would want to tell every single one of us is that God does not know. And even if he did know, he wouldn't care. That God doesn't know what's going on in your life. That he doesn't care what's going on in your life. But we know, and I'm here to tell you, that as we see in mothers all the time that they know and that they care, God told us in Genesis that this is something that reflects the image of God so that we can know that God knows and that God cares about you and that he cares about me. In Hosea 13, 8, it says this, Like a bear whose cubs have been taken away, I will tear out your heart. Oh my goodness. Did you know that was in the Bible? Because I didn't know that was in the Bible. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. This is a God who cares and protects his children and his young like a mother would. I know for a fact you don't mess with mom when she's protecting her children. And the reason that they have such passion, and we hear stories about moms who do amazing, incredible things, super strength, can fight off or ward off men that are much bigger than, than them to protect their children. That is a reflection of the image of God and how much he cares about us. So we know that mothers care, and we know that mothers know. And thirdly, we also know that mothers help. Mothers have a desire inside of them, a need to help other people. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, or actually it was a couple of months ago, uh, my wife walked into my daughter's room, and uh, she had this, all these animals, these stuffed animals. Go ahead and shoot that picture up. Uh, Tuan, shoot that picture up. Um, this is what she was doing. She had lined up all of her stuffed animals, and she was teaching and just taking care of all of her stuffed animals. She was three, three when this happened. She, from a baby, had ingrained in her that I'm going to be a mom, that I have this desire and this need to take care of other people. Uh, yesterday, my nephew and my son were running around with Barbie dolls trying to feed them to zombies. Okay? <laughs> my son doesn't line up all of his stuffed animals and teach them and love them and nurture them and help them. My, my sister didn't grow up with any, any Barbies because I blew them all up. I mean, it, it's just there, there's something in, even from a young age, that God has instilled and young women say, you are going to do these things. You have a desire to help people, this quality to love and to care for and to help. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, it says, But we were gentle among you, just like a nursing mother cherishes her own children. And this is an apostle 
who has a desire that is from God, but the characteristic is attributed to moms. Matthew 12, 20 says, A bruised reed, talking about Jesus, he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. When you talk about this idea of a bruised reed, how do you nurture, how do you, how do you take care of a bruised reed? You'd have to nurture it and take care of it and make sure that it, if it was broken or that it was breaking or that it was weak, that you would keep it um, in place and intact and, and really nurture it back to health so it could have that strength. And God is a nurturer. He wants to help you. He wants to take care of you. And we see that in the person and the reflection of who mothers and women in general are. He wants to help us. And I want to clarify something because there's a lot of people who have um, some sketchy theology when it comes to God and leading us into situations and, and wanting to help us through situations. Because a lot of people will say, God wouldn't lead me into something if it wasn't for my good. He led me into this situation. But the fact is that God doesn't always lead you into every situation. Unfortunately, there's a lot of times that we lead ourselves into situations, right? Like, we want to blame it on God so, like, it sounds spiritual, but then it's actually his fault and not mine. A lot of times, it's decisions that we make. Sometimes it's just the world we live in brings us into a situation. And the fact is that a lot of times, when you get a flat tire and you're saying, oh, well, God gave me a flat tire. No, some sharp object gave you a flat tire. <laughs> it wasn't God. You're like, okay, well, the, uh, someone stopped to help me and they got saved. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Because God can use that flat tire to save somebody's life. God can use that situation that you're in to change your life as well. God is big enough that whatever situation you find yourself in, whether you put yourself in there or just the world that you live in, the scenario just came up. God's big enough to use that situation for for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes, so that even though God didn't put you in that situation, he will lead you through that situation. That's the hope that we have in God. Not that he brings us into all this evil stuff, because a lot of times we way too often attribute bad things to God. When God wants good things for us, and he'll take any situation and he'll flip it on its head so that it can be good, But we have to understand that it is bad theology to just think that everything that you're going through in life is because God put you there. It's time for us to take ownership of those things, but believe in faith that we have a God and we serve a God who wants better things for us and can walk us through whatever we're going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for he is with me. That he will walk you through that valley. He will walk you through the shadow of death because he is caring Because he is nurturing. And we see that in moms all over the world. Deuteronomy 32, 11 says this. James, can you come up and and play? Just as this is our last um, scripture. It's very interesting. Deuteronomy 32, 11 says, Like an eagle that rouses her her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spreads his wings to take them up and carry them safely upon his pinions. Now, it's very interesting. Whenever the Bible, it gets really specific about things, there's got to be something to it. This is talking about birds in relation, mother birds in relation to God. So you have to think, okay, a bird hovering over their young. What? Why? Like, what does that mean? Like, ah, like, oh my gosh, mom. 
Are you feeding me? Why are you just hovering there? It's not saying perches because an eagle, when it would go out to get food, get that food and then perch next to its young and feed their child. That's not what it's talking about here. It's saying this eagle is hovering over its young, not perched, no food, not feeding their young, but hovering over the young. And I don't know too much about eagles, but my son does. And he has an encyclopedia that he reads every single day, and it talks about eagles. And what I learned from my son, who is seven, which is amazing that I'm learning stuff from him, is that when eagles, when baby eagles get to a certain age, the mother will go away and come back. And and the young will think, okay, mom's here to feed me. So they get up and they start looking. But the mother will just hover. The arms stretched out, wings stretched out. And what the mother's doing is saying, it's time to learn to fly. Eagles don't have an instinct to just fly on their own. They don't actually know they have wings. And so the mother eagle will hover with its wings. It's amazing because they say that eagles are very close to the ability of a hummingbird to be able to just hover in place. And so this mother eagle hovering over her children saying, you have gifts and you have abilities. You can do things that you have no clue you can do. I want you to see these in me. I want you to see these qualities in me, knowing that these qualities are in you as well. You can do things you have no clue you can do. And what is the Bible telling us? The Bible is telling us that as an eagle does that, a mother-loving eagle will do that for her children. So God wants to do that for you. If you're a mom here this morning, you reflect the image of God. You reflect the image of God to your children, to the entire world. That's how much God wants to use you in this world. Moms, when you believe, you're showing us a God who believes. When you believe in us, See, God is showing a God who believes in us. When you love, you're showing a God who loves. When you protect, you're showing a, mom or a God that protects. When you are concerned, you're showing a God that is so concerned for us. And when you sacrifice, you're reminding us of the ultimate sacrifice that God made for every single one of us. God is hovering over every single one of you, just like a mother eagle, saying, You have so much more inside of you than you even know. And moms, you do that all the time. Moms care, moms love, moms know. And every single one of those things, they reflect the image of an almighty God. Let's pray.